DEI budgets are under attack, but the goals haven't changed. Whether you're looking to increase your DEI knowledge, expand your market reach, or gain a competitive advantage in business, we have the solution. TDM Library is your single source for expert curated DEI resources, strategies, and solutions, all designed to help you transform your workplace culture and be a more effective contributor. For $9.99 per month, you get access to our searchable subscription-based digital library. There, you'll find articles, practical how-to guidebooks, podcasts, award-winning micro-videos, and more than 700 Q&As designed to help DEI practitioners, thought leaders, and executives create a more inclusive workplace. Whether you prefer to listen, watch, or read, we have the resources for you. TDM Library goes beyond the basics to dive deep into topics such as inclusive language, the business case for DEI, talent acquisition, and C-suite engagement. For less than the price of a sandwich, you get access to our library of more than a thousand pieces of original expert curated DEI content. Join today and get your first 30 days free. Get your library card now at tdmlibrary.thediversitymovement.com. You can't stop me, nothing's gonna stand in my way. I'm gonna fly higher I'm gonna fly higher Welcome to the Donald Thompson Podcast. I'm Kristen Mullen, and she is the owner of Slice Pie Company. And uh, I had the honor through my preparation to taste <laughs> and sample the chocolate chess, right? And it is mind-blowing. And Kristen, thank you for spending time with us. I really appreciate it. Welcome to the Donald Thompson Podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. So we're going to have some fun today. What we want to do is get a little background. And uh, I've had the opportunity to taste the product. And we're going to talk a little business. We're going to talk a little family. I like for people to introduce themselves so that we're talking really as friends with our audience. So give folks right. a little bit of background, right? Married, kids, where'd you go to school? How'd you grow up? And then we'll jump into some questions. Okay. So I am the real deal Raleigh native. We do exist. Born and raised, I, in fact, am so close to home that I bought a house across the street from my parents where I grew up. I am single, and I'm a single mother of a beautiful nine-year-old girl, Eliana. She's the love of my life, and she is my driving force for everything that I do. Slice came because of her. You know, when she was two years old, I knew that I needed to follow some sort of passion in life because I was feeling a little lost and a little bit just uncertain of my direction in life. And, you know, I just looked at her one day and I just knew, I knew that I needed to do something that was kind of out of the box. And I took a leap of faith and I continued to work for my corporate, very comfortable corporate job for about eight months as I was building it. And then at that point, I just said, I'm going for it. I got you know, my family supported me. My father and I started the business. He was like, look, if you will sell it, I will bake it. So we just together started this little small idea. And I told him, if you just stick with me, I feel like it's going to turn into something huge. And he has never left my side. And my mother as well. She's very behind the scenes about it. She doesn't want 
you know, to be in the magazines and the videos and all that stuff, but she's very much involved every single day. Oh man, that's phenomenal. And the story is amazing, right? Because what we're talking about is single mom taking a stretch of a comfortable corporate job and making that jump to really chase your passion and chase your dream. And a lot of people are in that crossroads. Mm -hmm. They've got something that they want to do. They've got something they feel like they need to do, but then they've got some things that are holding them back. What helped you overcome that fear, that uncertainty, that doubt, and bet on yourself? Gosh, that's a good question. Really, like I said, it it really comes down to Eliana. I have always thought that I wasn't smart enough. I have always thought that I wasn't the best at anything. I've always been a little insecure naturally. And when I had Eliana for the first time in my life, I felt passion that I had never felt before, but I also felt like, wow, I really am smart. I'm a really good mom. I am really good at doing this. And then because of that confidence that I began to have for the first time in my life as a mother, I couldn't look at her and half do life and then expect her to really take off and like trust her instincts if I wasn't even trusting mine. So I, it was really about leading and showing her that she could do anything that she put her mind to. And, you know, it really is paying off. She's very secure. She's very comfortable in her own skin. She trusts her instincts. And I know that a lot of it has to do with the way that I've raised her. So it really does just come down to like really seeing what I've poured into her and the goodness that has come from that and knowing that I can do that with anything that I put my mind to. Oh man, that is amazing. I, let, me, let me just reiterate something that I'm not going to forget and that's going to really change some minds and hearts in our audience, right? That you didn't want to do life halfway, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you decided to take everything that life had to offer and go get what was meant for you. Right. And that, that motivation to be that example, right, for your daughter was bigger than the fear. Yeah. That is awesome. That is really, really phenomenal. And I, I appreciate you sharing that because behind any success, there's usually those pivotal moments, those turning points, those motivations uh, that we all have that, that allows us to push through that uncertainty. And so uh, congratulations for that. When you look at your business and, you know, USA Today and magazine covers and a lot of accolades for the things that you've built. How do you keep that vision flowing? Like what's next for you? Well, there was a lot that was supposed to happen this year. And then this crazy pandemic kind of screwed that up for me. So we did have a lot of plans of growing the business this year. Um, My divorce was going to be final. And I felt like this was the right time for me to really push forward and focus completely on that and my child. No other distractions. And it was just 2020 was going to be my year and I was going to make some bold moves. That's also why I did the podcast, the Airfluence podcast, because I was like, all right, let's start looking for investors. Let's get the ball rolling. This is when I'm going to, I'm really going to go for it and just see what's out there. And I had big plans, you know, growing it within the area specifically. I've said before, this is one of the fastest growing cities in the country. 
And I feel like I haven't even tapped into like, but a small portion of it. Um, I have put little money into advertising. I've put little money into, you know, like retail or, you know, like a retail space. So like our little pop-up shop in downtown Raleigh, it, we're only renting a portion of that space just to be safe. So I've always taken kind of the safe route financially while making bold moves and trying to find ways not to spend too much money. Yeah, I get it. That, that difference between chasing that big, big dream and then that risk aversion. And a lot of entrepreneurs are kind of stuck in that, in that state. What I'll tell you is through kind of experiencing your customer service, right? We ordered the pies, somebody delivered them in a non-contact way to my house, right? Then I got a little note that said, go ahead and get them in the refrigerator. They're not going to sit in 91 degrees, right? That was great advice. So I think there's, there is a way to think about the circumstances and the setback but also people are at home. People are mm-hmm. doing more with e-commerce. Yeah. People are looking for things that make them smile. And what I will tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt, I don't know if these pies will handle the pandemic, our race issues, our recession, or anything like that, but I will tell you what, <laughs> they make you smile. <laughs> That's all right, as you take a bite of the pie. <laughs> they make you smile. And so you should just remember that you have something that, your quality is put in every bite. And then how do you deliver that experience to more people independent of the circumstances that are kind of around you, right? Yeah. Because that's a time where, where innovation can, can live. Let's talk about the actual product. Without giving away a secret sauce, right? How long did it take you to perfect the what and the how, the ingredients, the time, the crust? Like what kind of impact did it take or time did it take for you to get what you considered excellent? So this is the easiest part. Okay. (laughs) I didn't have to do anything. (laughs) My father is the true baker. He is the one that came up with the ingredients. I'm the big thinker business owner who just happens to bake pies. So I will never take full credit for my dad's hard work. However, my father actually grew up baking pies and all the women on his side of the family, he would just, they would gather together and just bake pies. So like those recipes actually weren't his own either. He tweaked them a little bit, but these are truly family recipes that were passed down to us with slight tweaking here or there. I knew what we were sitting on. I assumed the entire world knew what, an amazing pie was. And I just thought everyone sat at home around dinner table on Sunday evenings and they were eating pie. And then I realized, no, nobody actually is anymore. And my father, when I was in high school, entered it into the state fair. He entered his apple pie and his biscuits and he won both. That's awesome. (laughs) And so Fast forward, I get married, I'm doing my thing, I have a corporate job, I have a child, I'm just living that normal life, and I decided I was going to make a bunch for Christmas gifts for my neighbors, and, you know, I had baked them before, it wasn't, that wasn't a big deal, but I was like, oh, you know what, that's a good gift I should give, and the reaction was overwhelming, like, they were literally knocking at my door, like, who made this? Where can I go get this? And I'm like, no, I made it. <laughs> yeah. that, that is really cool. Like one of the things that 
as I'm thinking, and I can't help this, right? The entrepreneur in me kind of kicks in. And I've always got these ideas. Like, do you have mini pies? Do you have small versions? We do. There are so many different, you know, we can make mini pies. We have little slice bites. We have slice shooters. I had another idea that I was about to launch for the summer, really excited about. And then everything with the pandemic and it just didn't make sense to launch it yet. I didn't want to. So here's where I know when the time is right, we need to grow because my kitchen is only so big. Right. So like I really push the same product in order to keep my flow, the flow of my kitchen, you know, efficient and my costs down, my labor costs, all that stuff down. So that is why we focus so much on whole and half pies, but we're not limited to that. So if we were to grow into a bigger facility and I had, you know, employee galore at my fingertips, then I would be pushing the mini pies, pocket pies, you know, there's so much that I can do with it. It's just. If you were, if you were doing, so I, I wasn't at the event, the startup stage, the day you, pitched yeah so I had I was like triple booked but I was there the next day so I'm gonna put you on the spot a little bit okay right but give me the pitch that I missed oh come on <laughs> give me the best you can give me the pitch that I missed on startup stage so I, I kind of said a little bit of it already but in a nutshell I began with you know I'm Kristen Mullins born and raised here in Raleigh, North Carolina. I own a pie company. We ship nationwide. We have wholesale accounts and then we go direct to consumer. We can deliver. We offer pickup at our downtown pop-up shop. I have 70% gross margins. We made a quarter million dollars last year. I've barely poured any of my own money into it. If I mean, honestly, we kind of hit the ground running. Like We've had the money coming in from the very beginning. But I also wasn't doing it completely full-time at first. So this has been a very organic and like slow, like I haven't jumped it. I didn't jump into it 100% at first. It's kind of like, oh, I had this idea. Let's see if we can get some people to buy it. Well, the next thing I know, I'm getting picked up by MSN USA Today, The Daily Meal, where you have a four-page spread in Our State Magazine. I'm on the cover of Carrie Magazine. I was just voted as... 2020 mover and shakers for carry magazine. So like what it comes down to is the product itself is amazing. So that speaks for itself, but we work so hard and we have never given up. Even during a pandemic, I had to get creative. So it's like, we're always looking to beat the challenge and like find a way to get around it. It really does just come down to a lot of grit and knowing what we have is so niche and different than what you're used to seeing. So how much money do you need to take the next step? You know, at this point, a lot has changed, right? So I know with where we're sitting now, my parents are ready to like take a step back. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they deserve it. You're right, yeah. <laughs> So I know I only know so much too. And sure, I could learn on my own, but I would really love someone to take me under their wing and just say, here, 
here's how we get you to there. Because quite honestly, I'm a little exhausted too. I need someone who's smarter than me and I'm okay not being the smartest person in the room. <laughs> so I'm reevaluating, actively reevaluating what I need going forward. But I definitely know more than anything, I need someone else. I need someone to step in and say, let's figure this out because I've kind of gotten to the point where you have to understand, like, I have a two-year degree. I'm not a, you know, four-year grad and I don't have my master's and all this stuff, but I work really hard and I'm willing to learn. But I also know that like, I'm a little bit tapped out when it comes to like my, my own knowledge. So I really am open to investors, but like, who's really even investing right now? Like, <laughs> so it's like, what I would say is that because everybody thinks nobody's investing now, there's plenty of opportunities to find the ones who still are for the right opportunity to get ahead, right? So that's number one. The second yeah. thing that I think is pretty important is all of the universities have student-led programs with expert faculty members mm -hmm. that you can get and partner free consulting and the student oh. experience. And so offline of this call, we'll talk again and I'll make a couple of introductions. Because that would be great. one of the things that most entrepreneurs are struggling with, like you described, is that knowledge gap of what they should do given the cards they have. Yes. Right? Usually the actual actions aren't so hard, but making the right decision is a little bit complex. Yes, right? absolutely. So totally get that. The second thing is a lot of times when you're thinking about growing and scaling the business, you also could think about licensing the recipes, licensing the content that you have, and somebody else takes on some of the distribution challenges and the overhead challenges in the marketing because yes. you have a product that, that is really, really powerful. The, the final thing that I would tell you is don't let the current things you see in front of you keep you from making the contacts you'll need the moment things break. Because that's, that's, what everybody, that's what everybody's doing. They're hanging yeah. tight, waiting for things right. to get better. But this right. is the perfect time to network, strengthen your business plan. And then when you've got five to seven people that align with what you want, you need financially, knowledge-wise, distribution, then you can already hit go. Because I have some ideas that I was talking to Jason about before you logged on. And he was telling me, or he said immediately, like, that's a huge idea. I would totally do this. But I feel like you're right, though. I shouldn't just be waiting. I need to be actively figuring out ways to connect with the right people because I feel like it's a huge idea. I almost feel like it's like the break. And then the other thing is my assistant, Leslie, has her uh, degree in food science. And there's probably mm. different relationships and branding in that nice. economy and infrastructure. And so I do think maybe we should put our, our minds together and I would love that. How, you know, how we share these pies with a broader group of folks. I mean, especially now that you've tried them, I'm so glad you actually tried it. Otherwise you'd be like, this girl is all talk. Because <laughs> they're, they're, they're pretty good. So when you think about your journey to date, what <laughs> advice would you give? Like you've learned some things as an entrepreneur, as a business person. What things would you tell other entrepreneurs as they're starting to chase their dream to think about, to look out for? Be prepared to make a lot of mistakes along the way, but that doesn't mean you should stop. And I can't tell you how many times I wanted to stop in the beginning. 
but my father would not let me. I kind of, I, I'm very over analytical. I'm really hard on myself as I'm sure most of us are. But in the beginning, I would find myself so overwhelmed that I'd be like, Oh, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can do this. This is too hard. I, I don't have the answer to that. This is overwhelming. And once I started to embrace the challenges, they stopped affecting me so much. My mm -hmm. father really is one of the best human beings on this planet. And he has taught me so many life lessons. And he has always encouraged me to be exactly who I am, flawed and all. And once I started to really embrace those mistakes, I found a way to like learn throughout the pain. I'm just not as fearful as I was. You know, a lot of people would never go take such what they would consider a risk like this because they're so scared of failure. I have failed a million times during this, but most people wouldn't even know because I picked myself back up and I just, keep pushing. So I think more than anything, it's like step away from all your fears and embrace them. Like all of it's a learning process. And if you're constantly learning, you're going to, you're going to get to a point where you're not making so many mistakes anymore. So I'm really proud of the fact that I have allowed myself to still be proud of myself throughout the low lows and the, you know, and even the high highs, you know? So I would say that's the biggest thing. That was phenomenal advice. And to keep pushing in spite of your flaws to have somebody you're so fortunate. And I know, you know, this to have people in your corner. Oh my gosh. Yes. Believe on you and believe in you and are your courage when you need to borrow courage. And we, so all, true. we all need people in our life that we can borrow courage from. Mm -hmm. We're a little bit down, right? Yes. Because everybody has to deal with that. So I'm so appreciative of that openness and that authentic answer. There's been some racial strife in our country. There was protests, and I understand that your downtown location got damaged during some yeah. rally. What is your perspective there, right? Does that make you bitter towards the protests? Was you angry? Was anybody hurt? Like, what like that happened to you? Like, what, what did that make you feel? Like, what was that experience like as everything was going on? It still makes me emotional. I have a hard time. Like the moment I realized it was happening, I burst into tears. I was devastated, but I, it wasn't necessarily the protesters. It was the rioters. There was a difference. There were people there that were protesting for the good and rightfully so. And then there were just some really bad people that showed up mm -hmm. and made a really bad decision. You know, I'm just a renter. I, I don't have a huge investment in that space. So from the landlord's perspective, I'm sure it was very different than mine. Yeah, I lost some money and I felt violated. But you know what? I turned it once again, a negative into a positive. You know, a couple weeks later... I had no intentions of taking my daughter downtown with me because, you know, you just, there's glass still and, you know, we still have glass everywhere and stuff like that. But it wasn't like, it was inconvenient at that time. I knew I needed to make it down there. My father was down there. 
So I took her with me and we drove around downtown and we both cried. I mean, she's nine years old and I talked about racism and how there are certain people in this world that don't like people simply because of the way that they look and how wrong it is. And she was so impacted by this reality and we discussed it and we had a hard conversation. I had to explain to her, you are a privileged child simply because of the way that you look. And that's not okay. Everyone should be on the same playing field. So I took her down. She helped, you know, sweep up and I turned it into more of a lesson of just challenging and hard conversations with her and, and that in turn, like, poured into me a little bit too. Like, you know, I immediately or a couple days later posted something on our slice Instagram, just saying, we are not victims here. Like this change needs to happen period. And sadly, you know, the violence happened, but let's turn this into a growing moment. The thing I will say based on that response, but mostly this entire conversation there's a winner within you screaming to get out and be known to the world. And so my encouragement is to, do, to not let this moment of chaos and the pandemic keep you from pushing and growing and being readied for when your moment comes. And that's really important from an entrepreneur standpoint, from a spiritual standpoint, from a hope and change standpoint. And the negative forces in our world will get us to turn and move in the wrong direction because the other side of all the chaos is the bright future. Yeah, right? for sure. The other side of all the chaos is that bright future. And the media and, and a lot of the kind of the political nature of things try to keep people apart and not yes. realize like how connected and how much agreement there really is. And yeah. for you to be able to look at the internal pain of that violation and that negative outcome for your store, but turning it into a growing and teaching moment for your family and pushing through it is phenomenal. And I can't Thank say you. sitting here that, that I would be as gracious if I were in the other, you know, in the, in the other position. And so uh, good for you. I've absolutely enjoyed like hanging out with you. Uh, yeah. I've got a chance to get to know you as an entrepreneur and, and I got to meet your daughter and all of that, that good stuff. And I would just encourage you. And if I can be helpful in anything that I'm doing, I hope that you'll ask. Right. Absolutely. No, I'm so glad that we've met. I doubt, I fear, I question my drive. I tell myself I'm worth it. No one's perfect. I gotta try. I'm working at my This podcast is edited and produced by Earflows. If you're looking for more information on how full service podcast production can amplify your voice, build your community, visit earfluence.com. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon on the Donald Thompson Podcast.